Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and changemakers. No matter how long I pursue my creative ventures, I never stop learning how my brain works, what I still need to understand, and the surprises that show up when I least expect them. July has been full of meetings, video shoots, audio recordings, and ideation. There was so much going on that a critical component of my work took a backseat to the momentum. Creativity in solitude. While filling my days away from the computer and around people can be exciting, I need time alone to dream, think, write, and produce. It's a delicate dance as the introvert within wants to stand in the corner bobbing his head and the extrovert wants to swing dance with the world. Fortunately, I feel the pressure, opportunity, and desire to figure this out, and of course, share what I'm learning with you. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 705. When I was younger and just starting out on this creative journey, I wanted to figure it all out. I wanted to never change, and reach a point of understanding that would fuel a stable practice of production. I wanted everything within and around me to reach a point of stasis. As a web designer developer in those early years, I fought hard with how fast the technology and tools were changing, and it was so frustrating that I would eventually move to other creative pursuits. Stubborn much, Chris? Even just writing this paragraph makes me laugh. Stability, fighting with progress, status quo, stasis. In reality, my behavior was the antithesis of what creativity actually is. Surfing the daily waves of change. Fortunately, the older I get, the longer I do my creative work, the more I learn about how I approach creativity, the time of day when I do my best work, why I overcommit, and why I quit. As I mentioned in the opening, July has been full of learning opportunities as my days were filled with meetings, video shoots, audio recordings, and ideation, which is just another fancy word for daydreaming. What took a back seat, though, was sitting at the computer, editing, and actually releasing the work that I was filming and recording. I've been out of balance. And I felt how off I was, but I just had to keep pushing through the schedule and vow to fix it in the future. What I didn't really understand at the time was just how much I need time to be alone. In my office, to create, and the more I realized that, I also found myself wanting to find that proper ratio between computer time and field work. I wanted it to be static just like other parts of my creative journey. And that's just fascinating to me. I wanted it to be something like 60-40, 50-50, 70-30. But really, it's a daily dynamic. It's a continuum, a spectrum of that daily creative routine and reality. It's about tuning in to what I need each day. And it's about coming up with that plan for creativity so that I'm honoring the many parts of myself. One of the books I've been enjoying recently has been The Art of Impossible, a Peak Performance Primer by Stephen Kotler. 
Throughout the book, he writes about motivation, learning, creativity, and flow. While all four sections are interesting to me, I really perked up during the sections on creativity. As I think about surfing the daily waves of change, I think about the need to have control over portions of my day while being flexible to the demands of what needs to be done. Kotler does this with what he calls non-time. For him, it's the early morning hours when he can write and work on what he deems his most important work. His most important work is tied to his purpose and what he deems as the work that makes impossible possible. This approach to non-time makes my inner introvert so happy, vibrant, and alive. It's the daily time to work on getting work to work, and it's many forms of expression from this podcast to the documentary series to the newsletter. But the challenge I face is the dual realities of my business and this side project. My business has demands that require its own form of non-time as well. Time to be alone, editing, writing, and advancing my client projects. Without the ebb of flow of creativity and production work, one starts to take over the other and ultimately nothing gets finished. And let's be honest, business is all about finishing, shipping, and getting that work out into the world so that you can invoice your clients and pay the bills. This leads me to the main thought for myself and for you. How will you plan your days? How will Kotler's non-time fit into your schedule? Well, a plan can be many things, but in today's episode of Getting Work to Work, I'm going to focus on three ways to plan your creative days. The first is that a plan can be a schedule where you use a form of time blocking to best organize your creative and production workflows. As I get older, I struggle to get up before 7 a.m., so my non-time starts around 9 a.m. and usually lasts until lunchtime. I consider this my most important and creative work, and I let that non-time be focused usually on getting work to work or anything else that I'm writing. After lunch, I focus on production, which is more of the editing side of my work and business. And where this gets challenging is when there are meetings and other forms of work outside of the office, like video shoots and audio recordings. I'm learning that anything before 10 a.m. is extremely challenging and really messes up my day. So things need to be scheduled accordingly. Something to pay attention to as you consider time blocking is not overscheduling your days. Know your limits on meetings, work, and creativity, and make sure you leave room for play, breathing, going for a walk, hanging out, and then relaxation. Second, a plan can be a list. In another life, I would love to be a project manager. I love making lists, spreadsheets make me happy, and project management tools are fascinating. But I'm not going to overcomplicate things because let's be honest, there's often too much focus on these tools when it comes to solopreneurs and creatives that work on smaller projects. A lot of these tools are for teams and giant projects. So instead, I like to make things simple. For me, it all depends on what I'm working on. 
Right now I'm working on an audiobook, so I made a spreadsheet of everything that needs to be recorded, including all of the chapters, page numbers, file names, and recording dates. I then printed out the spreadsheet so when I'm at a recording session I can fill out those details, and then when I get back to the office I update the digital file. This way, it keeps the project moving forward between me and my client. Another example is my business project list. In my writing app, IA Writer, I have a list of all of my open and ongoing projects and what the rate is for each. I used to use different apps, but the complexity and cost was really unnecessary. While it's great to know what projects are open though, it's also been helpful to see what the rates are because then I can focus on what I'm charging overall, how things might need to change in the future, and what increasing my rates might look like. Now, while I use a digital tool, I've seen other creatives write out open projects on a whiteboard. No matter what you use to list out your work and projects, don't forget to include your side projects, current curiosities, and how you can play each day. One final example of lists is my handwritten editorial calendar for my Getting Work to Work Substack newsletter. If you didn't know about this, I have a free weekly newsletter at gettingworktowork.substack.com. You'll also find the link on the Getting Work to Work website. On Monday this week, I wrote down the remaining dates of the year, what the overall theme is for each newsletter, and then as the creative spirit shows up each day, each week, I then fill in and create. I like the handwritten vibe because it allows me to easily see the plan, adjust accordingly, and know when I'm going to actually launch the paid newsletter components as well, and how that will unfold over time. It definitely keeps me organized, especially in areas that are new and ever-expanding. Third and finally, a plan can be a commitment. There is a lot of ink spilled about what creatives should agree to work on and what they should avoid. And I don't think anyone can tell you what you should commit to, because I've spent the last 20 years chasing external validation over commitment to myself and the work that matters to me. And because of that, I am a serial quitter. When work gets hard, I double down until I burn out and then quit. I chase ease, validation, and words that inflate my ego. But lately, I'm learning that my creative commitment to myself and the work I do is crucial. By writing down my commitments, the what, the who, the why, and the how, I realize that I'm essentially planning my response for when challenges come. And trust me, there are rough waters and tough days ahead of us. You're going to want to quit. I'm going to want to quit. We're going to want to pack it in and call it a day. But when you plan for how you're going to express your commitment in those challenging days, that's going to make all the difference. Commitment demands a lot from us. It demands intention, motivation, and action every single day. But it also demands solitude and community. Commitment is paddling out and catching waves in that ocean of change. We get back up after wiping out. We do our work. As creatives, there is an infinite supply of possibilities for our work. By paying attention to how we spend our time each day, we will be able to make the impossible possible. But more than that, we will feel 
like our work matters. And we will know when we haven't been honoring our solitude or even over-relying on others for creative stimulation. So the questions for you at the end of this episode, are you honoring your creative self? How do you need to reimagine your days? When will you schedule your daily non-time? How will you plan your work? I hope you will dive into these questions and spend some time reflecting on them as you continue getting your work to work. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.